This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Emily. Oh, hi. Sorry, I was trying to read what was on my screen. <laughs> what did your screen say? Oh, you don't, 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 you don't have to answer that. Oh, it was just uh, warning me that it's being recorded. Oh, it is. Oh, oh yeah, of course. <laughs> How's it going down there in what I assume to be Texas? Because yes, it's in your Texas. profile. <laughs> <laughs> it is going well. Yeah. Everything's been pretty good lately. So, really? what you're in Washington? Yeah, Washington State. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. I've been wanting to move to that area. Oh, really? Have you always been in Texas or was that a, a I've always lady? been in Texas, yes. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, Born and raised. Yeah. Um, you fit in there or are you, you kind of a strange bird when it comes to Texas? Uh, I fit in pretty well currently. I'm in Houston. Right. So there's some areas I don't quite fit in. Yeah. Is that like tea or a very fancy coffee? tea that's way too hot to drink right now apparently we got we got time we got time (laughs) i'm drinking water from a jar (sighs) whoa (laughs) (laughs) that's a serious stein (gasps) hydro stein (laughs) texas size so where should we begin where do you want to begin um i i don't really know i've never been on an interview before okay right. other than job interviews but oh really are you good at those yeah. <laughs> yeah. i've gotten every job i've gotten an interview for so i guess i am okay that's, so that's positive sign then yeah so gender that was an issue for you as a teenager, yes. Okay. I was always a tomboy growing up. And then when I was a teenager, all this trans stuff was coming out. I was I was 15 right when I Am Jazz started and right after Caitlyn Jenner started coming out. And so I started following all these trans pages out of curiosity. And then some of them started messaging me and what they were just like, hey, we noticed you like you're you look like a tomboy in your profile pictures have you ever thought about being trans and i was just like no i haven't but i guess i will now so (laughs) sorry that's my cat no 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 we Um, like cats on this channel (laughs) they just basically convinced me i was trans just because i liked a few masculine things so i started i cut my hair real short i started looking for ways to get testosterone Luckily, thank goodness my parents weren't letting me have testosterone because I would be so much more messed up now if I started that. 
And back then there weren't these pages like Eli Ehrlich who are giving children testosterone because I looked for ways like that. But thankfully back then no one was doing that. Uh, I went by Jacob at school and he, him pronouns. All my teachers were required to respect my pronouns and my identity. But um, it just, I really got deep into it and it made me stop being bullied at school because no one wanted to be labeled transphobic. Oh, okay. So why were you bullied at school? <laughs> I, I was a weird kid. I, just, I never really fit in anywhere. I still consider myself a weird kid. I guess a weird adult. Um, I just never fit in anywhere. I'm, I have Asperger's. So I'm pretty awkward in most social situations. And they just, I guess the trans community just latched onto that and was like, hey, we'll give you a community. You're being bullied. We'll give you a community. We'll help you with all this. And it, it gave me a place to feel like I belonged until I didn't anymore, you know, and it, no one at school would bully me anymore once I came out as trans. And then all the other kids who were being bullied would latch onto that and be friends with me because no one was allowed to bully them either without being labeled transphobic. That's convenient. Yeah. It's actually really powerful. So it, Exactly. I would just put on this trans identity and I was safe. I still got bullied a little bit here and there, but it was, it wasn't the same kind of bullying. And did the bullying... I would get told to, sorry, go on. I would get told to kill myself and cut myself. And back then I had mental health issues. So I was cutting myself back then, which I haven't done that in over 10 years now, but just, I feel like a lot of people who self-harm get into this trans identity stuff because it gives them a place to feel like they belong. And it, it, I don't know how to word it properly. I'm sorry. It just gives them a place to feel like they belong and a different outlet to hurt themselves. Instead of cutting yourself, you're going to take testosterone. And punish your body. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Did the bullying come from mostly girls or boys? It came from both. Okay. Was it different? It was mostly girls. Definitely. Okay. Girls bullying you is much different from men bullying you. Men will, sh like, boys will straight up just tell you, hey, you should kill yourself. You should cut yourself. You know, they would make fun of my dead cat when they knew she was dead. But then the girls, their bullying was more like, oh, I love your dress. And then turn around and be like, mm, that dress is ugly. It, it's a lot like Mean Girls. Mean, I feel like Mean Girls is a bit exaggerated, but it still shows the way women bully versus how men bully. Mm -hmm. It's more indirect. Now, we're both Americans, so... Yeah. Under our rule of law, there's this thing called the Fifth, which uh, the Fifth Amendment, which means that you don't have to incriminate yourself. But did you ever participate in bullying? You don't have to answer that. Um, I would. A couple of times I tried to bully my bullies back unsuccessfully. Hmm. <laughs> and 
anytime I tried to bully them back, well, not really bully back, but I guess kind of get back at them. Mm-hmm. But I get in trouble by the school anytime I try to get back, you know. Hmm. And was it the case that you respected the rule of law more than your bullies did? Like when, when you got in trouble, you felt like you were in trouble, whereas the bullies just didn't care if they got in trouble? Maybe. Correct. Um, the bullies the bullies never really got in much trouble if like the principal wouldn't really even hold them aside or anything because they were they were the people who made straight A's. I didn't make straight A's in school. They did. So they were seen as better than me and anything they did was okay because they were better. Hmm. Hmm. And they wouldn't really even get a slap on the wrist. Okay. I'm interested in the Asperger's uh, angle. Uh, When did you get diagnosed with that? And how did you know or your parents know that something was a little... My biological brother had issues growing up and he was diagnosed at a young age. So my parents saw the same symptoms in me. Mm -hmm. So um, my brother was constantly going to psychiatrists because of his issues in school. The school would make my parents bring in a psychiatrist and they did that to me as well. And as a young child, they were just like, we think she has it. But then when I got older, they were like, she definitely has it. Same with my brother. They didn't want to diagnose us too young. Yeah. But about middle school, high school, they were, they diagnosed it. And what did they diagnose? What, what are the symptoms? Oh, I, sorry, it was so long ago. <laughs> I don't quite remember exactly what they said because they mostly had conversations with my parents. I had, I think it was about five to six hours of tests. Hmm. Just, yeah, sitting down five to six hour tests at one time. And then they diagnosed me. They didn't really discuss with me about the criteria and everything. That was mainly with my parents. But um, I remember the testing had these different blocks I had to build and I had to circle these different um, how much these symptoms affect me. And most of them was it it was a broad range of things. Like some of them was like, are you paranoid? Which I wasn't. But the Asperger specifically was because I was socially awkward and had trouble making friends. Okay. And when you were diagnosed was there treatment or skill building? At school, yes. At school, they would bring me out. They would take me out of classes and have me talk with a counselor for probably about 30 minutes to an hour once a month. But it wasn't outside of school. Just because both my parents had jobs, they couldn't take days off work to take me to the therapist, mm-hmm. which I did have therapy in middle school for depression and anxiety, but not for the Asperger's. Okay. And so Asperger's has a heavy component of social uh, difficulty. Is it, is it difficulty? What's it like from your point of view? Like do people, are people strange to you or what well, is it? I've gotten a lot better as an adult managing it. But as a child, I I couldn't understand sarcasm. Everyone, I would say things and people would laugh and be like, that's funny. And I was like, what's funny? I'm just talking. I'm not telling a joke. 
Um, and now as an adult, I realize, oh, they were laughing at me because I was awkward. Huh. And it just, I could not make friends for the life of me. And still as an adult, I have trouble making friends, but I'm way better at having conversations and making eye contact with people. Hmm. Just as I got older, I kind of learned how other people interact. But as a child, I would just, I wouldn't stay on topic. I didn't really know how to talk to people at, at all. I know I keep repeating myself. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> um, Is there a component of obsession or narrow-mindedness about a topic or a given activity? I would definitely get obsessed with certain topics and activities for months at a time. Yeah. It would change probably once or twice a year, if that, but some topics I would stay obsessed with for a long period of time. Um, when I was 13, one of these topics was my little pony, oh. which at 13, that's a little old to be obsessed with that, but uh, that was one of my obsessions for a long time. There are adult communities, not to say that they are well-adjusted adult communities. Oh yeah. The, <laughs> the bronies. The bronies. Yeah. And, um, uh, but could you could you? I, I would go to conventions and cosplay okay. for that too. I'm sorry, what? Well, what a, if you could recall what was it about that world, that universe, uh, that you loved or that was so fascinating to you at 13? So mine was the uh, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, and I, I guess the thing I liked most was I could see other people having so many friends. I guess ponies, not people. Um, but I could see how they're making friends and I'd be like, oh, maybe I can make friends the same way this pony on TV is making friends. Okay. So you'd get in, uh, you'd find dangerous situations to rescue people. And I, I never watched the show. <laughs> I don't know how they made friends. <laughs> well, I guess just like the conversations they okay. would have sometimes, which was probably also a reason why I was bullied so much because the conversations they're having is conversations small children would have and not teenagers. Okay. But um, my obsession quickly went from My Little Pony to the anime community, which I still enjoy anime, but not as, not as obsessively as I did back then. Okay. And is it, was it because, uh, my Little Pony and anime were very iconic, very simplified uh, versions of really complex life. In, in, inside of anime and inside of My Little Pony was a constructed world that was uh, not dumbed down, but simplified in a way that you could invest yourself in. Was it an escape or was it uh, a learning tool? I feel like it was a little bit of both. I didn't have to think about my own problems if I could see other people's problems in drama and anime. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, my problems mean nothing. These people are getting attacked by giants, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and would you uh, do cosplay and get really obsessed with an outfit or a character? Yes. Yeah. I would sew my own cosplays. Yeah. Which I need to get back into that because it was fun. But it, it was a really good escape for me at the time, which I would also get bullied for, which apparently that's cool now. My cousin does that now as a teenager and 
she's like super cool at her school for it. But at the time when I was doing it, it was just cringy. I would go to school dressed in cosplay and it was, (laughs) I now see why I was bullied. (laughs) (laughs) No. Okay. Yeah. Would you, uh, would that dressing up also include your character when you dressed up as a character, you would, uh, adopt their affectations and their style of speech? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And what did it feel like when you became this other character? I didn't have to be myself. Okay. And I hated myself back then. So of course I would want to be someone that's not me. Mm -hmm. And then your social milieu, uh, the people around you would then mock you for that or look down on you for that. Yeah. And were you able to, was there anybody else that was uh, into that? Did you find like a very small little click or were you very isolated? Culturally. online yes okay online but um i had a my friends at school it kind of pushed them further away from me until i came out as trans once i came out as trans they kind of like all came running back being like oh you're interesting again without being super cringy hmm i it seems like it could be the case that trans is just another anime character or just another my little pony character that you're adopting i i agree with that okay but somehow it's not cringe or was not cringe it at the yeah it was not cringe at the time people it was still something new back then trans teenagers it was still new it was still interesting people would want to be friends with me just to get my point of view Hmm. so not only were you safe from bullying but people now relied on you for information. You were interesting. They're asking yeah. you questions. You had authority. Yeah. And if I didn't like someone, I could just be like, oh, such and such is transphobic, which I didn't realize that power at the time. Hmm. I think if I realized how powerful that was at the time, I would have had much more power. <laughs> But if I didn't like someone, I could be like, oh, well, she said this about me. And everyone would be like, oh, well, you know, from her now. Yeah. So what what wisdom did you suddenly have that you got to share with people? What would they ask you? And what cool insights did you have as a boy, suddenly a boy? They They would ask me a lot about LGBT issues at the time. Like, oh are you glad you can get married now? And I'm like, I'm trans, not gay, but because I was, this was right in the time of gay marriage getting legalized. Mm-hmm. I don't remember quite what year that was, but I remember it was around the same time frame. And they would ask about the surgeries. They're like, Oh, what do you have? Are you planning on getting surgeries? And I would wear a binder at the time. So they'd be like, Oh, did you get your top surgery already? And I'm just like, uh, no, I'd have to explain to them what binders were and other things about the trans community. They would ask me my opinions on what's her name? Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner. They'd ask me my opinions on Caitlyn Jenner and I'd just be like, Oh, she's great. You know, she's a inspiration to us all. She's braver than our troops, which 
I said that in all seriousness back then. Huh. And I remember someone in one of my, my art class when I was a senior in high school, it was, I was one of the only seniors in a class of freshmen. So no one knew me. And one of them was like, oh, I wish we had a trans person at our school. They're so interesting. And I remember just giggling because I'm like, they don't know. You were passing. So then I just went up to them. Yeah, I was passing at the time. And they thought I was the freshman as well, because when you're a trans boy, you look much younger than what you are. No facial hair yet. Not a low voice yet as a freshman. So mm -hmm. I passed to the freshman, but everyone in my grade was just like, we know. Hmm. And it was most of the people in the school knew because I was very open about it. I made it part of my identity. I made that my whole identity. Mm -hmm. The binding, did your parents know about that? Did you do any research on that? They, they did not. An older trans person bought me a binder and had it shipped to my house at the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. And did that I'd... hurt? Oh, yeah, especially in Texas. And I'd wear it in gym class which was was not okay because you're not supposed to wear that while exercising. Okay. Thankfully, back then, they had me in the gym class with the girls. Mm. Uh, why thankfully? Because uh, it wasn't I'm, awkward. You didn't, I guess you didn't have to use the boys' uh, uh, locker room. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. I feel like <laughs> if I was in the boys' locker room, I feel like that would have been more dangerous for someone who's a biological female. And was there a discongruence between you being trans and you not being a boy? Did you think, well, I'm not really a boy. I don't really want a boy part. Or did you, did you want the whole thing back then? You want Back then I fully wanted the phalloplasty. Yeah. And I, what I mostly wanted was top surgery. I did not want the bottom surgery very much, but I was still looking into it. It was still new then and wasn't wasn't that great, which it still isn't a great surgery. It's still very, very experimental. But back then I was like, oh, when it's less experimental, I'll probably get it. Hmm. I wanted top surgery as soon as possible. Thankfully, when I was 18, I was like, wait a minute, uh, I want to keep these. Hmm. And why did you want top surgery was it just a part of the identity or did you really dislike your body as it was developing i disliked my body as it was developing which i think every girl goes through that every girl doesn't like her body because we get so much more attention as soon as we grow breasts we'll go to the grocery store and there'll be old men creeping on us so of course we wouldn't want our breasts there's someone creeping on us because of that and did you have severe uh, menstrual issues too that, that was disconcerting? Yes. Yeah. Um, I have endometriosis and PCOS, which I recently got surgery for. So Do you mind uh, explaining told, that unless it's too personal? Oh, um, so PCOS is polycystic ovary syndrome. It's yeah. where I have cysts on my ovaries. It causes a lot of pain. Endometriosis is where your uterine lining grows outside of your uterus. So instead of just having a period in your uterus, it's 
all the organs surrounding it. It's extremely painful. So being told that I could get a shot of testosterone, it'll, it'll stop my periods. That made me want it. There has been, I, and this is just anecdotal, but I, I have spoken with, uh, female trans and detrans people. Then the endometriosis seems to come up. It seems to have, uh, some correlation with, uh, maybe masculinity a little bit like is, is is that what causes a bit of masculization too or do you know anything about the hormonal uh impacts of that i'm i'm not entirely sure okay. i know that pc i i believe i have heard i've read places that pcos and endometriosis causes higher testosterone i'm not sure how true that is i have not researched it very much okay we can, but uh, it, it uh, also affects hair growth. Uh, like, uh, like you have a shoulder. Hair. I'm lucky enough. It didn't give me, thankfully, no, <laughs> but, um, I was lucky enough. It didn't give me a beard or anything, but some people have get beards from it. I have very thick eyebrows from it. I literally shave half my eyebrows off and okay. the rest of my body hair is very thick okay. because of it. Cause it's the hormonal hair growth. And did that kick in at puberty, that the that hair stuff? Yes. Okay, so which yes. is even and more distressing for an awkward teen. Yeah. yeah, and it if I was a boy, it'd be more acceptable to have those features. But as a woman, I didn't want to shave once or twice a day. That was terrible. So I was like, oh, I could let it grow out, and it'll be acceptable if I have that if I'm a boy. Okay. There's a tremendous confluence of, uh, issues that you're dealing with and from being socially awkward to um, just having to deal with suddenly men attention to having a different kind of, uh, sexual development and then the pain involved in these conditions. And so when you become trans, was there any uh, gender dysphoria that was initiated by trying to be a boy or by thinking of yourself as a boy? Did you start to become even more alienated from your body? Yes. I thought that being a boy would solve all my issues. I hated my body. So I thought I, I thought at the time that I hated my body because I was trans. When in reality, I didn't like my body because it wasn't working the way I wanted it to. There's all these stereotypes that I wanted to, that there were a lot of stereotypes that I weren't following because my body works differently than some other woman. Mm -hmm. So I was like, Oh, I have dysphoria because I have a lot of hair. It's acceptable to have a lot of hair. If I'm a boy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so at the time I really believed that I had body dysphoria, but looking back, back, I see that it's normal for girls in puberty to not like their bodies. Our bodies are changing so much. And they have and it's, a it's social, a impact. lot of work to get comfortable. Yeah. yeah. It, it takes a lot of work to be comfortable in your own body if you're a male or a female, but especially female. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, all the social issues too. So yeah. what was the uh, online trans community's impact on you? And what was your involvement? How heavily were you involved in that? 
it encouraged me to be more and more trans. Like it encouraged me to be out more because it gave me attention. If I was trans, I'd get attention from all these people online. And my main community, this is going to sound silly, but my main community was on this app called iFunny, Hmm. which is a bunch of memes. It's like low tier Reddit almost. Yeah. And that's actually the website where a trans adult sent me a binder. There was all these LGBT pages on there that I that I would follow and talk to and we were all friends and I wished that I could find the conversations. I found my old account and I logged into it, but because it was on a different phone at the time, all the conversations are gone. I wish I still had those so I could show people, hey, these trans adults were really trying to make me more trans. Okay. And adults should not be buying children underwear. That's a good point. Um, do you think, and it's hard to tell, do you think that the attention that you're getting from the trans online community was mostly from females or males? And by females or males, I mean trans women and trans men. Most of the people I would interact with were female to male, but there were definitely a lot of male to female. Um, one of the pages I would follow and everyone would always reference, oh, I can't remember the name, uh, Sophie. Assign Male Comics, that's what it's called. Hmm. We were all obsessed with Assign Male Comics. I never talked to Sophie, but we were all obsessed with it. We'd always talk about Sophie. And usually the male to female people we would reference were the, the big names like Caitlyn Jenner and Sophie. But um, not very many of the ones I would interact with were. There were a few, but surprisingly, they left me alone more than the female to male ones. Okay. And do you know the age spread? Was it mostly adults or was it mostly young people interacting with a few adults that were kind of the ringleaders or the elders of the community? There were a lot of people my age along with, I don't, they would never tell me their exact age, Yeah. but there were pictures of them. So from my guess is that they were probably between 25 and 35, probably about five, five or six of them around that age yeah. with um, probably about 10 other people my as a teenager, teenagers my age at the time. Okay. And, and they would, they would guide us. Yeah. The, They'd be like, to be trans, you should do these things. You'll love your body more if you do this. Oh, these certain, if you eat these certain foods, you'll have higher testosterone. Oh, okay. Which I don't think it works that way, but. Who knows? I desperate mean... times, desperate measures. <laughs> Jeez. Um, so grooming is a loaded term, but it seems like you were being molded and taught to do things. Was that, did that include, and I'm sorry to go here again, the fifth, just because this is the topic, did it include sexual grooming too? Were people trying to get into relationships with you? Okay. So it was just about helping you with your identity. Yes. It was, I also was, a. I didn't know how to manage my Asperger's as much back then. So I was blind to a lot of what was going on. 
which makes me want to look back at those messages because back then I didn't understand what was sexual and what wasn't as an adult. I understand, but back then I, I didn't. Mm -hmm. So I can't say for sure if they were, but at the time I did not perceive it that way. Okay. There was definitely molding going on. They were definitely trying to make younger people come out as trans so they can say, Hey, we've been trans our whole life. See, there's trans teenagers. They exist. And what about your own um, heart and body? Did you have crushes on other people? Was that a part of your development or was that kind of alienating? You see couples, pe people hooking up at school and you're like, I don't I have um, no idea why they're doing this. I had a long-term boyfriend at the time oh. in high school, but I wasn't, I didn't really have many crushes going, growing up. I've always been bisexual, but I didn't have very many crushes. Okay. And how did the relationship work with your boyfriend as you, were you already trans when you guys got together or was that a process? No. He witnessed. We, when we first got together, I was not trans, but then probably about halfway through our relationship, I was trans and that's when everything started going rocky. Cause he's like, Oh, you know, dating you. Cause I like women. Hmm. And I started, I didn't even really. I didn't look like a woman back then. I didn't present myself as a woman. I, even my mannerisms were very manly. How so? Like you would strut around, beat people up. <laughs> um, I would just like a, like a teenager man. Like I just always like slouch. I wouldn't walk femininely. I wouldn't move my hips when I walked. Yeah. I would try to be as manly as possible. Was that, uh, was that enjoyable or disconcerting to have to like concentrate so much on your movements and your body and your tone of voice? Was that fun project or? It, it was difficult because I'd always have, I constantly have to think about the way I'm moving and the way I'm speaking. It took a lot of mental energy just to walk because I couldn't walk like how I've always walked. I had to focus on being more manly all the time. Okay. Yeah. The, the, the hips go like this for a woman cause there's more of them. Right. So you yeah. Have to like, I don't like paddle, I guess. I, and our, um, <laughs> our spines curve in more because of our uterus. So that also changes the way we move. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you're, uh, you're spending a lot of time having to concentrate on playing this part and you're also, you have a binder too, which is compressing you all the time. Um, did that equate with the cutting? Was it like, uh, was that very similar? Like all that um, kind of punishment you were doing to your body? So equate? I, I self-harmed long before I was trans or long before I thought I was trans. Um, and then when I was trans, instead of focusing on self-harming, instead of focusing on cutting myself, I would focus on everything else. So I still cut myself, but not as often because I, I don't know how to explain it. I was still, I knew I was still harming myself by trying to not be myself. If that makes any sense. I'm, I'm trying to word it better instead of 
cutting my, I would cut myself so that I wouldn't think about all the depression and anxiety I had. So instead of thinking about depression and anxiety, I'd cut myself. So when I was trans, I would think about being a man more and wouldn't cut myself as much, you know, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, it's good that I self-harmed less, but I was still harming myself by not being myself. Mm-hmm. I still hated my body, but at least like I hated my body, but I wouldn't physically harm my body as much other than binding. I guess instead of cutting myself, I would wear my binder instead, you know, cause that, that hurts. Yeah. I'd focus on the binder pain instead of the wrist pain. Would you take that off when your parents were around so they didn't know you were binding? Do you have to hide this from your parents? Yes. I would go to school wearing it, but I'd always wear a baggy jacket. Okay. So my parents couldn't tell I was wearing it. But then before they got home, I would take it off. Okay. Did that uh, result in uh, long-term uh, chronic issues? Were you wearing it long enough for it to like kind of impact your structure um bone wise i don't think i had any long-term issues because thankfully i would take it off when my parents were around which was the majority of the time but it still caused me issues when i was wearing it especially in gym class um because you couldn't breathe yeah i couldn't breathe and i still find it hard to breathe now but i was also a smoker for a couple of years so Hmm. I'm not sure if that's from the same thing, if it's from the smoking or the binding, Hmm. but it definitely caused me harm while I was actively wearing it. I am fortunate that I was lucky enough that it did not cause me permanent breast tissue damage. I do know some other people who were trans as teenagers and they have permanent breast tissue damage from it. It's it's like, it, it looks terrible. Like you can, you can see the damage just looking at their breasts. Oh, okay. Um, like it's, it's just, it's saggy and all compressed. Okay. It's not pretty. Okay. Yeah. Mushed. That's a good word. Interesting. Which a lot of people are just like, Oh, if you wear a binder correctly, it's not going to cause permanent issues. I was told that constantly. That's yeah. a lie. It does cause permanent issues. Even if you wear it correctly, especially for multiple years. Luckily, I only wore mine for two years, only during the school time. It wasn't during the summer or on the weekends, but the people who did wear it all the time, every day, it caused them permanent issues. And people keep saying it doesn't, but it does. Okay. Didn't expect that. Um, I never thought, I thought like the damage would have been like on the level of the bones, but yeah, of course it would damage them. It does also cause bone damage. Yeah. It, I've, I know people who have gotten cracked ribs from binders. Yeah. Even when the binding, even when they're binding correctly and safely, it causes cracked, cracked uh, ribs, tissue damage. It's just, it's awful. (laughs) They shouldn't be promoting this. Yeah, no, Target sells them, and certain bands use it as merch. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know they were selling them in stores now. Yeah, yeah. No, part of June, Pride, um, the Pride collection at Target. I think it was Target. Like, like, binder for your identity. Um, When did the self-harming start? How did you discover that? Were you just walking around, you saw a razor, you're like, ooh. Um, Or did you learn about it online? 
I learned about it from a friend and then went online and looked into it more. I was really emo back then. What what age? Really cringy emo. Yeah. Probably 12 to 13. Okay. 12 to 13. Yeah, 12 to 13 or 14. I was very emo. And I made it my whole personality. Like I made depression my entire personality and I'd actually show off my self-harm at school. I just, I'd like pull up my sleeve and be like, hey, look at this. And th that's horrifying, <laughs> which is probably also why I was bullied, which I rightfully bullied at that point. <laughs> okay. so Because you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> There's a lot of different taboos I see that you were breaking this <laughs> during this developmental at, period. Oh, yeah. At the time... Most of, I would latch onto something and make it my whole personality. Yeah. And I think that has to do with Asperger's. Um, I was also very into shock value. I would, I would love to shock people just to see their reaction. That was the only way I knew how to communicate back then. Yeah. So that's just how I portrayed myself. And another reason why I was trans is because it would shock people. So the, hey, look at my wrists was the same as being trans in a sense. I would be like, oh, hey, look at me. Look hmm. at all this negative attention I'm getting or look at all this positive attention I'm getting. Okay. And so perhaps because of your Asperger's or your neurodivergency, you weren't able to feel connected to people unless it was uh, very obvious that you were making a social impact you, you couldn't pick up on the yes. subtle thing sarcasm um, you know friendly conversation which i don't think any 12 year old knows subtlety but you were even further disconnected and so you learned that through shock value you could get a very noticeable reaction from people because you were missing out on a lot of other kind of signs correct signals. yes okay all right and your therapy which was minimal about your Asperger's, did that at all give you skills to start to pay attention to people in the proper way or start to read people or map people? Uh, not really. It did a little bit, but at the time, I didn't want to accept that I needed therapy. So I would, anything they told me, I would just reject because I was just like, I don't need you. I won't listen to what you say. I won't do what you say because I was a teenager. That's how teenagers are. Um, I believe it would have helped me if I let it help me. As an adult, I have learned these skills. I've, I've researched online. I used to listen to this podcast that was literally just explaining social skills, social situations. And that's what really helped me be where I am today. I'm not sure who it was produced by, but yeah, it was just like social skills. Okay. So just for sake of conversation, and if anybody who happens to be young and is uh, trying to figure out how to manage their social awkwardness or their possible Asperger's or spectrum um, mind, what are some of the main skills that really helped you out that you learned? Just learning people's tone of voice, learning what different tones of voice mean and it's hard for me to find the words. Um, 
learning what people's mannerisms mean and learning when to talk in a conversation. I still have issues with that. I still have issues figuring out when to talk and when to stop talking, Hmm. but learning people's mannerisms really helped with that and learning the appropriate amount of eye contact. Hmm. So would you like stare at people too long or not stare at people at all? And and you had to figure out like the, both. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes I would just not not even blink. And then other times I wouldn't look at them at all. Okay. My head would not even really be turned towards them much. Okay. But it it's it's a hard balance to figure out what's too much eye contact or not enough eye contact. Okay, so the th- this is Interesting because while you were trans or trans identified, you were obsessing about your, the way that you walked and your tone of voice and stuff, but you weren't really working on how to interact with other people. You're working on how to be another person. Yes, that is correct. Instead of focusing on learning, learning how to communicate, I would be focusing on myself and how do I portray myself as a boy instead of a girl? And when did you start to become skeptical about your trans identification? Towards the summer of 2017, right before I graduated, I started getting a little bit skeptical. And then during that summer, None of my friends contacted me to hang out. None of them wanted to be around me anymore because I wasn't, they weren't getting anything from our friendship anymore. It's, we're graduated. They're not getting bullied by their high school bullies. They didn't need me anymore. And that's when I was like, oh, maybe I'm no one. I don't even have friends anymore. Maybe I'm not actually trans. I don't have to be trans to help them anymore. Maybe I'm not actually trans. So by the beginning of college in 2017, August 2017, it was or September, it was right after Hurricane Harvey. I presented myself as a girl, I grew my hair out over the summer. And I actually liked being a woman at that time. And I realized, wait a minute, I actually like expressing my femininity. Now I'm, I'm still very much a tomboy, but I have a lot of fun expressing femininity. And I didn't realize at the time, just how warped I was. I was still super leftist. I was still in a bunch of trans spaces and still defending trans people. Like I was like, no, they're not, they're not making us trans. I was a rare exception. And then recently, I would say in the past six months to a year, I was like, wait a minute, there's more people like me. There's a lot more people like me. Maybe they were actually molding us to be trans. Hmm. Um, sorry, I was thinking of something that left my head. Oh, your parents did, how did your parents, um, manage you during the trans period? So I didn't tell them a lot because I was convinced they would hate me. All these trans people online were like, you can't tell your parents. They're going to hate you and kick you out if you tell them. So I hid it. Eventually they found out because 
I would post about it online and they found my Instagram and my mom was just like, Hey, why didn't you tell me this in person? She was just, was like, I don't think this is really who you are. You've all, you were always liked girl toys growing up. You, I don't, I think if you were trans, I would know, Hmm. but because I was convinced my parents hated me, I thought her saying that meant she hated me and my identity and that she didn't want what was best for me. I hated her because she wouldn't let me start testosterone. Now I'm very grateful that she didn't let me start that. I know she didn't let me take testosterone because she cared about me. Hmm. But at the time I was just so warped and thought was convinced because of that, that they hated me and they would never accept me when really they were trying to get me to accept who I really was. Hmm. And your online community that was teaching you how to be your authentic trans self also roped you off from your, isolated you from your family. Correct. They, I would tell them what my mom said and they're like, oh, she hates you. She just can't accept who you are. So I was like, oh, I guess she does hate me because she doesn't want me to be someone else. Mm -hmm. And after you graduated and uh, lost all your in life friends, uh, what was your relationship to your online friends? Did you start to kind of think, well, wait, what's going on over here? Do I fit in here? Or was I just a pet? It, it made me question once I graduated, they, I, they were all starting, all the people my age were starting to realize as well that maybe they aren't trans. So they started deleting their accounts that they would communicate with. And I was like, ah, maybe it's unhealthy for me to be online this much. I just didn't talk to them much anymore. Hmm. And did you have any support when you detransitioned or, uh, I guess, desisted? Uh, did you find an online community of like, uh, people with the same kind of trajectory as you or? No, okay. they, the people who I were friends with before they were just, they were like, you're no, you can't detransition. I didn't talk to them much, but when I did, they were like, why are you detransitioning? You hate trans people now. We're not going to talk to you. You hate trans people now. And I was just like, um, okay, whatever. Guess I won't talk to you. Um, but I couldn't find a community like there is today. There was no detrans community like there is now. I didn't know till recently that there was actually a detrans community. Uh, Matt Walsh really, brought that out and made me feel like I wasn't alone. And that's hmm. when I made my Twitter account. And I was like, Oh, there's other people like me. Hmm. But at the time there was no support system. We were just outcasted and called transphobic. And that's just how it was. Hmm. So that, that group, um, at least with regards, to your interaction with it is very insular and doesn't allow anybody who isn't going along with their program to be a part of it and ridicules and casts out people who are on the margins. Correct. Yeah. Correct. They made it to where they were my only community, my only true friends. Mm -hmm. And if I said anything against them, they would all attack me. They would send a bunch of other people to attack me and not physically attack, like, um, harass me online. That's, that's a better word. Harass. Um, they would just send hundreds of people just to comment rude things on all of my posts, call me transphobic and just being a 
attacked by the only community that I thought I had, that destroyed me back then. Yeah. I felt it made me feel even more isolated. Okay. And this is when you're 18, 19? Yes, correct. Uh, 18, right before I was 19. Okay. And so at that period of time when you are detransitioning, you're uh, letting go of the binder maybe, uh, or letting your hair grow out, uh, affecting natural mannerisms, letting your body walk and move like it's designed to do. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't focus on being a man because I wasn't a man. <laughs> I started painting my nails more, grew my hair out, actually started liking myself and threw the binder away. I think I kept on to the binder. Those years are very foggy for me, hmm. but I remember keeping on to the binder for another year just in case I wanted to go back. And then eventually being like, ah, I lost it. Don't know what happened to it after that, honestly. Hmm. It was probably thrown away when my mom cleaned out my room after I moved out. Okay. But I did stop wearing it around that time. And what about your depression and anxiety? How did that, uh, how was that affecting you during the 18, 19, 20 period? It was still really bad at that time, yeah. but I, I, I started medication for that and then soon stopped. Um, it was really bad just because every day they would send more people to comment on all my posts about how I'm transphobic. So I eventually just logged out of the account. I didn't log back in until recently. And most the, they've deleted most of their comments now because their accounts got deleted. And it's just, I think recently they realized they effed up. So they are trying to hide everything. Hmm. They're like, oh, let me delete all those mean comments I made years ago. Let me delete my whole account. Um, and it just, it made me more depressed and more isolated, which made me think for a few months after that, I was like, maybe I am trans because now I'm more depressed and anxious now that I'm trying to be a woman again. But thankfully, I didn't give into those thoughts because I'm like, how am I going to go back to the community now that they've betrayed me? Okay. So it sounds like your trans identity was very much based on community rather than strictly about an internal I don't know. It, it just seems like it was really based or anchored in a community. And without that community, without somebody recognizing you as trans and affirming you as trans, that transness didn't really stick to you. That is correct. Yes. I just, I didn't have a place to belong. And they were one of the first communities to show me that I belonged. And I think they purposefully seek out people who don't belong in any group and show them, Hey, you belong here. You should be one of us. Hmm. The freaks and geeks club. Yeah. Yeah. With hormones. Yeah. Huh. So when did you, um, decide to work on making real friends, study social skills and, uh, Was it during college? Did you uh, start to interact with people and find more of a place? No, I still have a lot of trouble making friends. Hmm. I still don't have very many friends. And I never really tried to make new friends. 
um, new friends would kind of just happen upon me every now and then. Hmm. Uh, I, I have made it a point recently to try and make new friends, but I still have a lot of trouble with that. Hmm. Is it maybe because every new person you have to learn all of their tells and all of their 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 tone you have to relearn like what they mean when they use this tone of voice and the timing of any given conversation so it's a lot of work to like actually be close to somebody yes yeah yes and in group settings hmm. i can't figure out when to talk and a lot of times i'll try and talk and then just get talked over yeah 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 that's why i do interviews because uh, it's just being one person very easy to control the conversation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in in social settings, uh, is it overstimulating as well? Or is it just like, okay, I, I have to do something. Definitely. I have to do something. When do I do it? I'm going to do it. Oh, no, I can't do it now. Da, 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 da. Definitely. Hmm. It's definitely overstimulating. And I panic a lot in social situations internally panic because i'm just like when do i talk when am i supposed to do this are my mannerisms okay but i have gotten better at that as i've gotten older and forced myself into a few more situations social situations so you i was a bartender for a while which oh. helped with that a lot how it was difficult um <laughs> <laughs> but it was Kind of like it was exposure therapy, basically. Yeah. I was a really good waitress and a really good bartender. Um, at least I think so. I made a lot of tips. So, um, but when it's work, there's a switch in my brain. Somehow when it's work, I don't panic. My brain's like, oh, I'm working. It's a totally different me. I don't have to think about anything. Just do it. You bring them their stuff. You say hi. That's all you got to do. Mm-hmm. And being a bartender, there's people actually sitting and st striking up conversation with you. Well, our bar was a little bit different. They built it really stupidly. You couldn't have the stools at the bar because it didn't leave enough space for the fire exit. Oh. So there were only one or two stools on the edge of the bar that no one would really sit at. So I'd have to go to tables to talk to people. Okay. But that... It, that exposure therapy really helped me more in everyday situations. You know, it helped me learn how to communicate better. Mm -hmm. And what about uh, online? What about Twitter? Is it difficult for you to understand what people are meaning? I mean, I get in trouble on Twitter because I make jokes and some people don't understand that I'm joking. Yeah. Um, so I, I understand that mode of communication is even less information for you to parse so how, how do you adapt to that milieu i'm still trying to figure out twitter um hmm. it is very difficult for me to figure out when people are joking i i had a comment I, every now and then i'll comment and be like i can't tell if you're joking or not and they get so angry because they're like obviously i'm not joking and i'm just like oh you're actually that dense okay <laughs> um <laughs> and it's it's weird. So overnight, um, I woke up yesterday morning. I went from 80 followers to almost 2,000 today. Wait, what? Just because, yeah. What did you do? I. <laughs> what did you say? I shared a picture 
I shared a picture of me from my peak transness to now. And I was just like, oh, I'm so grateful my parents never let me start hormones. And apparently people really liked that. So it's, I've been getting, I've got so many notifications now and I've been ignoring most of them just because I, I can't handle all that, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. but thankfully they've all been positive, which that, that's what shocked me the most. All of them were positive because five months ago, I tried to post my D-trans story on Reddit. All the comments were negative. They were all calling me transphobic. It was horrible. Where and, um, it was I on r slash Houston. Oh, oh, on Houston. Cause, um, huh. yeah, it was r slash Houston. They, cause everyone was freaking about freaking out about Greg Abbott's new bill with the trans stuff, not allowing children to have hormones. So I made a post being like, I was groomed, which I do agree. Groom's a strong word. Molded is a much better word. Hmm. Uh, so I was like, Hey, I was convinced to be trans as a teenager. And I'm so grateful for Greg Abbott's new bill because it's going to stop more people from irreversible damages. They hated that. It got me banned from all of Reddit for three days And the reasoning behind it was I was using two accounts to do something with the votes, which was BS because I only have one Reddit account. I wasn't using multiple accounts, but they just did anything they could to try and silence me. And after that, I didn't really speak up for a long time until I started seeing um, Tulip on Twitter, Tulip and Matt Walsh. And I was like, wait a minute, there's more people who have similar stories to me. So I made my Twitter account and followed a bunch of them. And I was like, Oh, I'm not alone anymore. Hmm. Yeah. The, um, the stranglehold that this movement has on, uh, different levels of communication, Reddit being one of them, the yeah. it's brazen, what, how Reddit is manipulated and, um, not just with the trans stuff, but with all the kinds of leftishness that yeah. they have over there. It's pretty insane. Oh, I remember when Reddit was it, awesome. I remember it, when it was hilarious. Yeah. He showed up, he, he popped off in the comments. It was a great time, but this was back in 2010. Yeah. Several election cycles. My, um, one of my friends recently got banned permanently, permanently on Reddit because someone said something about abortions, something about something, this abortion debate never grows old or something. So he commented just like aborted children, which was a joke, obviously a joke. But they banned him permanently. He he can't even make a new account on Reddit. They banned his IP address. Hmm. And it's like, it's, it's it's obviously a joke. Yeah. No funny here. No funny here. Not about yeah. this. Yeah. No funny. I I used to think Reddit was too right-leaning. <laughs> <laughs> I've changed a lot since then. Like two years ago, I thought Reddit was too right-leaning. Okay. But um, I I actually lean right now. Okay, so that's an interesting arc as well. What do you think that's about? Um, did you start to question certain assumptions and you just c- kind of went through all these different assumptions that you had? And... Yeah, once I realized, oh, they're lying about this thing, what else are they lying about? So I start looking up other things and I'm like, wait a minute, they're lying about a bunch of these other situations. Hmm. It just, it really opened my eyes. and. Okay. For a long time, I didn't think they were trying to trans kids. And then about a year or six months ago, I was like, wait a minute. 
what happened to me that was kind of transing kids Maybe they are doing something wrong. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Why especially, are they trying yeah. to push this so much? Yeah. Yeah. Especially uh, with, uh, there's a high overlap of autistic and Asperger's or spectrum individuals yes. that are getting, um, being offered gender as the Yeah. I think that's just because they prey on the people who don't fit in. And autistic people usually find it hard to fit in until later in life. Mm -hmm. It's hard for us to find a community to belong because we just, we don't understand social situations as much as other people do. Mm -hmm. So where are you now? Um, internally? Um, uh, I and the most mentally healthy I've ever been. I, I feel mentally healthy. I have a lot of stability in my life. Stability is what helped the most. Like I'm, I'm happy with my body. I'm happy with who I am. And I'm so grateful that I finally accepted myself. I think that if I stayed trans and started hormones, I would still hate myself. I have a friend, she started hormones and she used to love singing. She's just now realizing that she's not trans. And she called me crying the other day because she can't sing anymore. The hormones messed up her voice so bad that she can't even sing anymore. And she has other medical issues as well. I'm not sure what they all are, but it made it to where the testosterone had a very negative effect on her. But when she tried to quit testosterone, she got it through Planned Parenthood. They were like, you don't need to stop. And she's like, but it's causing all these issues. And they're like, ah, maybe we should hire your dose. Maybe that's the issue. And she's like, no, this is causing issues. I don't want to be on this anymore. And they just did not want her to stop taking these hormones. And it's like, that's not okay. It's, it's and like, uh... of course, testosterone is going to cause yeah. issues that much testosterone. Your body is not built for that much testosterone because you have ovaries in the womb. It's just, it's going to cause issues. The, uh, it sounds like, and I'm just, uh, hypothesizing or guessing here that they don't want her to quit because then they would have to admit that they were wrong and it's better to double down yeah. than to say, Oh, we are causing harm. No, we are not. We're saving people. Yeah. We're, we're saving babies from lives that they don't, their mothers don't want to give them. And we're saving uh, young women from lives that they don't want to live to. Yeah. They're, they're rescuing people to be a little bit harsh about it. But Yeah. Hmm. Uh, that, that sounds correct. Cause it's like, I just, I don't understand why they would, pressure people to stay on hormones when it's causing issues. Another issue, I had to be on birth control at a very young age because of my endometriosis and PCOS. The biggest thing they told me, they're like, hey, birth control causes depression. If you're on it for too long, it will cause your bones to be brittle. But they'll give the same hormone I was on to biologically male people. Well, men, you know, men, they'll give the same hormone to men. And they don't expect it to have the same symptoms. They refuse to believe that it causes osteoporosis. They refuse to believe it causes depression. And it's like, it causes that in women, the women who are meant to take this, 
for other issues. It causes those issues. So why don't you think it would cause those issues in biological males? Hmm. It's amazing it's like, how, how this trans thing just blinds people to reality. Yeah. And consequences. And then they talk about consequence yeah. culture when you speak out against them. Hmm. And it's just, I was even harassed on Twitter a few days ago before I got all these new followers. This one page was sending a bunch of trans people to spam my stuff with hateful messages. Someone even told me they wish they could hit me. A man told me they wish they could hit me. And it's like, you're telling me you wish to cause physical harm on me. That is not, that's not okay. Hmm. And that just shows what they really think. If a woman speaks out, they're going to be against it. Someone speaks out about the harm and they're like, oh, we should cause more harm to you. It's not okay. Hmm. And something I found, I don't block these people. I let them comment because the worst thing I can do for them is let them comment. It's just to let more people see how crazy they are. And I stopped when they started harassing me. I stopped commenting for a day and this person argued with themselves for 10 hours, just 10 hours straight. Every few minutes, there's a new comment that they replied to themselves. And I'm just like, I'm not even replying to you. Why do you keep replying with more and more crazy things? That's hmm. just uh, the, it the worst could... thing you can do for them is let them speak. Yeah, it could it could be uh, a mental uh, issue or an ideological possession yeah. issue, but it's also tactically uh, beneficial to them because if they can get you to say a certain word, such as their correct pronoun, then they can kick you off. Mm -hmm. Then they can silence you. So what they're looking for is a reaction yeah. so that they can get you banned because they have to control yeah. the conversation because it doesn't add up <laughs> if they can't control it. Yeah. So just be smart. Yeah. I just, at this point, I don't even reply to them. Yeah. So now that you're stable, now that you're doing better, uh, you're dabbling a little bit in the D-Trans uh, adventure uh, communication circuit, yeah. such as right here, right now. Where, have you freed up a lot of energy not being obsessed with yourself or being yourself or trying to figure things out. Do you, do you get to be creative now? Where, where does all that immense yeah. amount of attention that you've been given by reality going now? I got to learn how to love my body for what it is. And I got to do things I used to love again. Like I'm, I'm very crafty. My, my mom grew up scrapbooking. She's always had a craft room. And now that I'm mentally healthy, I really enjoy crafting again. I love making cards. I get to make cards and t-shirts again. It's, it feels great that I'm actually able to enjoy life and love myself hmm. and not just be in a depression hole. Hmm. My whole life isn't online anymore. I think one of my biggest issues is that my whole life was online. And I have cards. Are they tarot cards or Hallmark cards? Oh, witty. No, um, oh, shit. Let me grab one real quick. So I have this machine that will cut paper. I make like uh, birthday cards. Oh. This is one of those. Happy birthday card. Wow. Dang. I, I love it. Uh, I designed this one myself, too. I designed it and then got the machine to cut it out. And this this is one of my less impressive ones. 
most of my impressive ones have been given out already. Uh, do you replicate them or is it one and done? Um, usually just make one and then go on with a different design. Cause I, I really like trying out new things. I like trying out different designs. Are the designs made on the computer where you can save them and mess? Yes. Okay, cool. Because you could probably make a really awesome business doing those. I've thought about that. I've thought about that. So that, that, that attention to detail and that, uh, that craft and, and putting your, putting your attention, uh, into something outside of yourself that you can then give to other people. Um, seems like art is one way where you can ricochet your attention to other people like you did with being shocking or being trans. Now you get to do something yeah. that, that actually kind of has external value. Correct. I get, instead of getting attention from shock valuing people, I can get attention by showing them that I care about them. Like, Hey, I spent all this time making you this thing and it's, it's better. It's better for my mental health as well. Cause I get to show people attention without being negative. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe it can be uh, witty or spicy if you feel the need yeah. to go there. Yeah. yeah. A little bit of shock is uh, artistic too, but you don't have to yeah. stay there all the time. So yeah. Uh, what are your plans going forward? I guess you just started talking on Twitter and I, this is your first interview. Uh, I guess you don't know what's going to happen next, but I'm just wondering, do you think that you'll end up writing about your experience or are you just going to figure huh? out what, what happens? I'm not sure. I wasn't even expecting this much attention. Hmm. Uh, thank you for helping me get the word out, though. I just I want people to be aware of what's happening. People keep saying it's not happening. And I'm like, oh, it kind of is. I just want more people to be aware. And right now I'm still recovering from surgery. I have another two weeks of being home. So these two weeks, I'm probably going to be writing more about it on Twitter and spreading awareness more. But after those two weeks, my activity is probably going to go down a lot because I go back to work. I'm, I get to live life more again, hmm. leave the house more, exercise. Um. But I just, I'm, I'm hoping to bring more awareness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know where it's going to go from here, but hopefully I can help other people who are trying to detransition, people who don't realize you need to detransition. And I could help the public know what's actually going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, Emmy, or should I say the name that your Zoom... Uh, says is it? Emmy? Oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, Emily. Uh, Emily, Emmy, doesn't matter. Well, thanks for joining me. You have a very memeable face. I think that's part of the reason why <laughs> that went viral because you have a very iconic looking face. Like it's very expressive and very uh, simple and symmetrical and and captivating in that. Oh, so thank you, you. Yeah, um, I could see how um, you probably fit in at those anime com uh, conventions. You you have the Oh yeah, you have that look. Are you think we'll get back and go to one again? Soon. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna do. Another I hope one so. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've kind of been avoiding it because there's a certain level of cringe there too. Like most of it's amazing, but you also get like those really cringy people. 
because um, I did a My Little Pony cosplay when I was 13. And most of the people who wanted pictures of me were 40-year-old men. So now I'm just like, eh, do I want to go back to a convention? <laughs> Weird. Uh, do, but do um, you... I had a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's your relationship? I still to... have a lot of fun making things. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially those cards, but I'm sure you could probably sew up a storm yeah. if you were. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What's your relation to cringe now, too? Do you, do you sometimes just like, I'm going to be cringy now? Um, or is it? Is it oh, like... oh, yeah. Sometimes I'm like, I want to be cringy. I go to Ren Fair a lot. What's that? Ren Fair? Um, so oh, Renaissance, Renaissance Fair. Festival. Oh, really? That's not cringy. Yeah, you get mugs uh, and stuff. That's where I got this mug. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's kind of cringy. But it? I love Ren Fair. I let out my cringiness there. I, um, I haven't actually made an outfit to go there just because sewing is so frustrating. Hmm. I do not have the patience for sewing anymore. It's frustrating. I'd rather make cards. Um, but I have spent a lot of money on the costume. I've thousands of dollars on the costumes that I wear there. <laughs> um, I just, I love going there and there's some people there that are cringy, but like, it's, it's my level of cringy and I'm okay, okay, okay. Yeah. saying that I'm cringy. So I'm just like, I get to cringe along with them you know yeah yeah you get yeah, to yeah. be a part of the cringe what's your renaissance skill do you churn butter or do you do you throw iron <laughs> ingots into a pool or what do you do like do you tell fortunes um i just go as a guest one of my friends actually has a shop there and sometimes i help her build the shop hmm. um i'm actually going back again the last weekend of this month to help her physically build her shop and I really enjoy that. What's her shop? Is it like wool um, fleecing? I don't know what Renaissance people do. I don't. Other than survive. I don't want to go into too much detail because I know this will, the trans community will oh, okay. bring yeah, negative yeah. Okay. attention on me. Well, I, I just want an example other, of what I don't what want it, my friends to have. Okay. Just a, um, random shops that you'd find there. There's a lot of leather shops there, like leather outfits, um, non-sexual and sexual. Uh, um, a lot of sword making. There's several blacksmiths, wooden mugs. Um, at the Sherwood Forest Fair up near Austin, everything has to be in the time period. But the Texas Renaissance Festival, they're, they've been more lenient lately. They let things that aren't in the time period in. Hmm. Like people selling R2-D2 paintings are allowed there, but other festivals don't allow that. Okay. Is um, it at least R2-D2, is he in a fair um, situation or is it just like him on the landscape? Okay, interesting. Just artwork, you know. Okay. Um, but it's a lot of handmade things. A lot yeah. of people selling things that they made themselves. It's a really good creativity outlet hmm. and you get to watch glass making and you get to watch people blacksmith sometimes. Mm -hmm. it, it's really interesting and really fun. And I encourage you to go to one if you're around any of them. Mm -hmm. As a guest, do you have to dress the part or can you just show up in khakis? And I guess utilicilt is like the bare minimum for a man dress code wise. Uh, there are a lot of people in kilts. You're not required to dress up unless you work there. Mm -hmm. um, 
but a lot of people dress up anyways. That's that's the most fun part for me is dressing up. Yeah, yeah. Do you do you have a, a special hairdress? Do you do you do like awesome weaves or, or like flower crowns or something like that? Um, I just keep mine simple. Okay. I usually just have it now. My natural hair is pretty curly, so I usually keep it curly, and then I'll like bobby pin the front part back so it frames my face better. Because hmm. my um the my main Renfrew outfit that I have now way too expensive but it, it's like the full-on princess queen outfit hmm. like the royals of the time outfit oh wow okay yeah like a duchess yeah do people like yeah. bow and, and follow you around with flutes and sing your praises oh or... yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> sometimes they will <laughs> and then i have another outfit that i enjoy more i i guess i enjoy them the same but i have a more peasant outfit to so yeah. say yeah but uh it's it's a good creativity outfit for outlet for me without without doing any harm you know yeah, yeah, it's a good yeah, creativity yeah. outlet i get to i get to be myself but also be a character at the same time hmm. have you ever thought of acting or have you ever participated in acting growing up i did theater i did community theater and theater in school okay so, so you were a theater, theater kid on top background. of every other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think, okay, the majority of trans teens I know were theater kids, at least at the time. I'm assuming it's still like that, but I'm not sure because I make it a point not to talk to teenagers. Hmm. That's uh, that's good. But uh, your your story yeah. could probably help one or two if they should happen yes. upon it. Yeah. I, I'm hoping this will help them. Well, cool. Um, Emmy, thank you very much for your time yeah. and uh, for sharing your story. And it's great to meet you. Thank you. It was great to meet you too. And I'll end the record. Oh, wait. End the recording. Oh. Cool. We're done. Okay. I will let you go.